welcome back to Moving Forward. We hope to be a blessing as the Word of God is open, as we sit down with others who share their experience in ministry, and as we encourage you to move forward in your walk with the Lord. And now your host, Trey Mayfield. Welcome back to Moving Forward. I'm glad that you joined us today. We are here. It's a very special episode. It's the first time on this channel that we've had a missionary to Mexico. And so I'm super excited to have um, a friend of mine that I've just met recently and uh, that has become quickly an encouragement to me and, and someone that I already look up to. He's got a great spirit, great attitude, and I know that you'll be blessed by this episode today. So, hey, if this episode is an encouragement to you or if you know someone else, that's considering missions or, or loves missions, uh, like it, share it, and, and so that it can also be a blessing to them. And so this morning we are with missionary Jonathan Anderson. And so I'm going to let him explain to you guys a little bit about uh, a little bit about himself, where he's from originally, how he, he got into missions and, and kind of where he's at in Mexico. And so Jonathan, thanks for being with us this, this morning. And uh, just give us a, a little runaround about who, who you are. Yeah, well, thank you, Trey, for having me on, and uh, what a blessing it is to to be here. Um, and yeah, we are missionaries, my wife, Rebecca, and myself. My name is Jonathan, as she's already mentioned. We've got five children. Uh, four of the five were born in Mexico, so we've got more Mexicans and Americans in our house. All right. But praise the Lord, we arrived to Mexico in 2012. And um, before that, of course, deputation and training and getting through all of the, the loops to actually get to the field. But getting to the field after marrying my wife in 2009, uh, starting in 2012, we were able to get, um, get started in the language. I, I'm a blessed man. My wife already knew the Spanish language. She uh, grew up in Mexico as the missionary's daughter, and um, she actually got to Mexico when she, when she was 10. So she was, you know, 11, 12 years old, already helping with children's classes and teaching and just at that age, it's so much easier to learn the Spanish language. But oh, yeah, Lord, I bet. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so here I am getting to Mexico 2012, and it was uh, a little bit more difficult. I was 26 years old, going on 27 at that time. And, and it was, um, uh, you know, it was definitely a challenge. And we'll talk about that a little bit more here, probably. But uh, that's what we did. Got to Mexico and for about two years, really just focused on language and culture between 2012 to 2014. And then from there, we were able to get going on our first, uh, our first church plant, New Life Baptist Church, uh, here in Toluca, Mexico. All right. And so, a little bit about the language learning. What was it kind of like for you? What I mean, what did it just click? Did did you really struggle? And then also, kind of with your your wife already knowing Spanish. I mean, that's how it is for me. Karen already knows. She already speaks Spanish, so I'm sure once we get to Mexico, it's going to kind of be that, oh, she already knows it, but I got to learn it. You know, kind of what was that like? Sure. Well, you know, one of the things I always tell people is uh, my wife told me from the get-go, she said, I will not be your Spanish teacher. Uh, she said, I'd rather have a good marriage uh, and versus being your Spanish yeah. teacher. So, uh, hey, I, that was really good advice. I'm glad I was able to have that from her because she knew she knew who what guy wants his wife correcting him you know right right so, uh but hey it worked out got a spanish teacher and my wife uh really she just she speaks very well you know she's been in mexico for now for about 16 years now and so praise the lord she's a big yeah, 
And but yeah, it's definitely been a little bit of catch up, playing catch up. Yeah. Uh, last few years, and uh, now she jokes around and says I speak better than her, but I still don't believe her. So yeah, <laughs> just looking forward, I guess, the rest of her life doing that. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm learning Spanish now, and it's like, man, I just it's tough when she already speaks it, but I, I'm too shy to speak it around her. So we we end up not even speaking it that much at home. But um, that's awesome, man. So. When you arrived in Mexico, um, you had a couple of years to learn the, to learn the language. And um, I mean, how was it there? It, we, we talk about culture shock, uh, something that people experience when they move locations. What was that like for you? Did you experience this culture shock or were you already like, hey, this is where I'm called to be. And so it was no problem. Or what was that like for you? Sure. Uh, yeah. The saying goes, if you if you think you don't have culture shock. You actually, that probably means you actually do have culture shock. Um, a lot of times we blame culture shock on a lot of different things. Um, you know, just the stress of life, the stress of the ministry, you know, our marriage is just struggling right now. Uh, and, and we do it. We try to tell ourselves that we're actually doing real well in the country. We're doing real well with the language. But at the end of the day, every single person is going to have culture shock. Uh, it may be the first week that it hits them hard. It might be six months into it. It might be three years into it. But the day's coming when all of a sudden it hits them uh, that they've had mm. culture shock. Yeah. And so it's just going to happen. You can't really avoid it. You can be as spiritual as you can try to be, but there's just something different about living in another country yeah. and yeah. having to change your mindset about so many things. And, and it's not so much that you're going to change your mindset. Uh, better said, it's you have to understand their mindset and live with them according to their mindset. Okay. And so I don't think most missionaries will ever start thinking like um, the people in their country because they've grown up another way, but at the same time, they can uh, adapt and uh, in so many different ways, whether it be language, food, and the culture. Okay, and and that makes sense. And that's, that's almost kind of a scary thing, feeling like, oh, I'm gonna go into this country and oof. I'm going to have to really adapt. And so I'm sure that there was many of challenges um, that you encountered. And we'll talk about that in a second. But Jonathan, after, out of all the countries in, a, in, in the world, I mean, there's, I forget how many countries there are, like, I don't know, 180. Do you know how many countries there are in the world? I forget. <laughs> but people that have different numbers. Yeah, there's a ton of countries. So we'll say around 200. Okay. So, so why in the world? Why Mexico? Out of all the places, aren't there enough missionaries in Mexico? You know, Good question. And the answer to that is there will never be enough missionaries in any country. Uh, no matter what country you end up going to, the need is going to always be there, I believe. You can go to America today, and we, we need to send missionaries to America, um, honestly. So uh, I believe that I'm, I'm for anybody that takes the gospel anywhere. Yeah, I, mean, that is, I think that's the heart we should all have. But why Mexico for us as a family? Um, you know, I think God uh, guides us. And I can honestly say that when you take the next step, God gives you light uh, to, to take the next step. And as you take the next step, you have more light in your road to, to take the next step. And so that's, you know, he's, his, his word is a lamp into our feet, a light into our path. And so for, for us, it's, you know, for me, it was just going out there and saying, I want to see the need. I want to see the world. I went to Guatemala for the first time, getting out of the country in Guatemala, a place called Quetzaltenango. And then from there, I went to Argentina twice. 
um, and really was was considering, highly considering going to Argentina. I mean, anything from the color of the flag to the food to the culture, yeah. I, I just yeah. really enjoyed Argentina. And uh, but, you know, after everything was said and done, um, I was able to visit Mexico and seeing the need from the mm-hmm. Latin American Tower there in Mexico City. And, yeah. and it got just it's like God in that moment said, who is going to come? Who's going to come and who's going to reach these people? And uh, I knew that I already had, you know, I was already following God in the sense of I should go to the world. I should reach the world for Christ and all of these things that the Bible tells us to do. But then on top of that, I was also beginning to experience something personal from God in my life. And uh, I knew that if I would would have said no to that, I would not have been doing the right thing. So Mm -hmm. that's really kind of how it happened, kind of up there in a uh, 50 stories up in a a tower. And I decided not to make the decision uh, yes or no to Mexico until I got back home. I didn't want it to be an emotional decision. uh, But at the same time, that's always wise. Amen. Emotions play in on it, too. I mean, when you are walking with God and, and following God, you find yourself crying, you find yourself, yeah. you, you know, emotional. So, yeah, yeah. Your life. And so, yeah, but now I take groups there and we go up in that tower. And every time I take a group up there, we pray for the city and we do the same. Amen. Thing. That's awesome. man. that's awesome. And that's that's great. And it's funny that you say that I heard I heard I don't know if you know, a missionary Bob Mack, he's to the Ivory Coast and he, I heard him share his testimony about when he first went there. He said, now there's no way that this is God's calling on my life because I, I enjoy it too much. You know, God wants us to suffer in his will, you know, but no, the, the truth is it starts with that desire, you know, and, and living in, in the will of God, there, there's no, there's no better place. And so there, we, we, we like to say, oh, it, there's no emotions. You know, God doesn't, well, God does work through emotions. He gave us those emotions. and man, serving God is exciting. And so that's, that's awesome that, you know, you can be fully on board with where God has you. I mean, Karen and I right now, we're, we're itching to get to Mexico. Like we're excited. We're, we're jumping for joy that God would uh, use us there. And so it's an exciting thing. And so uh, that's awesome how, how God directed you towards that place. And so when you got there, Jonathan, I'm, I'm sure it was, it was tough thinking, okay, how am I going to do this? How are we going to plant a church? Uh, talk about those, those, those first days, those first few months, uh, weeks, months, a uh, couple years before you planted the church. What was that process like? Did you just go out and, and did you pick the building first and say, I'm going to trust God to add the people? Or, or did you start the, the, the people first? And then, you know, what was that process like and, and how'd you do it? Sure. Yeah. Um, well, if I could put something on the, on the front end before I say that uh, or give the answer, um, there's a whole lot of spiritual warfare that is behind the scenes. And that's something that a lot of guys are not prepared for. Um, and it kind of hits them up on, on the hits them up. Uh, how do you say it? I don't even know how you said it anymore. It hits them upside the head. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I was talking about it somebody one day and I, and I said, and um, I said, I didn't know that person from Adamstown. And they said, Adam, <laughs> they said, it's just Adam, man. <laughs> it's like, sorry, I've been in Mexico too long. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, but you're losing touch. <laughs> yeah. I tell you, man, you start, you're trying to learn one language, but you're not learning it as well as you want to. And you start losing your other language. You just kind of feel lost, but yeah, hey, man. Uh, but spiritual warfare is a real, is a real thing. 
And I think that's one of the biggest things you have to consider when you want to go start a church, because you're, you are entering into the enemy's territory and you are saying, I'm going to take away from him. And uh, so you are pretty much putting a mark on your back and you're saying, I want to get into a war with him Wow! Uh, because that's how he sees it. He sees you as an enemy. He sees you as someone who is going to uh, take away what he's trying to accomplish. And so for starting church, when you come, when it comes to starting churches, you've got to decide, man, I'm going to need God's help because if, if, if I'm doing this all by myself, if I'm just coming up with some good idea to maybe try to make this thing happen, you're going to get knocked down fast. And so you've got to go into it understanding that. Um, so spiritual warfare, real thing. But when it comes to just really the first thing you want to look at when it comes to trying to uh, start a church is uh, let God lead you to that. God led us from Mexico City, where we learned the language, to Toluca, which is about 45 minutes away from Mexico City. I didn't see myself going to Toluca, but uh, God led us that way after getting to Mexico City. And so uh, we are te- we're not technically in Mexico City, but, you know, at the same time, my heart is to reach Mexico City. And right. so, yeah. um, you know, I, I tell everybody I'm a, mission, I'm a missionary to Mexico. So, <laughs> yeah, there you go. You know what I mean? It's all of Mexico. So uh, it's a big that's a big thing when we say that in churches. Sure. Missionaries sure. In Mexico, you know? uh, but anyway, so we went into it with the idea that the first one we would uh, kind of uh, by faith, by chairs, by faith, by a pulpit and by faith, rent a place. And we were able to go into it that way. And uh, that's awesome. There are, there are different people that, you know, do things differently. And I think this is more of a preference more than what you're going to find in the Bible. Mm. And so this is not a, this should not even be really debated. I think sure, different, sure. Guys different ways, but we decided to go in there by faith, rent a place, get the chairs bought. We bought 20, 20 chairs. We rented the, the rest. And we told the church people, once we started having church, now you, you need to buy chairs church and we got to yeah, be involved yeah. in it. So that's a lot of the logistics there, but but we did it that way. Had 28 people come out to a first church service. Uh, I remember we were sitting there at um, on the hour, ready to get started. No one was there. I was getting a little nervous, sweaty palms, you know, not sure what was going to happen. Sure. Got handed out 10,000 invitations, and we were thinking, man, let's uh, let's pray this thing. Let's pray, let's pray and hard and ask God to work. Well. Five minutes after the top of the hour, everybody starts showing up on motorcycles, walking in. And there you go. Classic. Blessed and uh, praise the Lord. Uh, that's kind of how we got started there. That's awesome. That's awesome. And so now you're on church three, right? Correct. Yeah, we are three churches that have been started in Mexico and one in Cuba. And so we are, you know, again, not only are we missionaries to Mexico, we really should, should, we, we really should be missionaries to the world. And so as much as we might believe God wants us in Mexico, we cannot use that as, as an excuse to not be open to reach the world and do other things that God would have for us. And I just honestly, um, that's what our heart was. And God's given us open doors in Cuba. But yeah, three churches in Mexico. One started in 2014, one started in 2017, and then we started our last uh, church so far there in 2021. That's awesome. That's awesome. So going back with everything you know now through all these uh, i'm sure ups and downs and things you've learned what what's maybe one big thing god has taught you and and that that you've learned from from these these many trials that i'm sure y'all have gone through sure um 
you know, there, there are several things I could probably share, but, you know, some of the things, some of the things that really stuck out to me over the uh, first few years is uh, love people more than you think they should be loved. Wow. Um, have more patience with people than what you think you should have. Mm. And be more honest and straightforward with them than you think you should be. And I think those are the three things that really have helped us um, to get through a lot because in the beginning, you're kind of just running uh, blind. <laughs> you're just you're trying to figure out things. You're trying to get going and you're trying to understand the culture at the same time. And you're still trying to learn more of the language. I have some of my church folks who say, Pastor, you just didn't speak real well when you first started the church. <laughs> because, you know, as long as much as I thought I spoke pretty well, uh, still it was such a um, transitional time. Just right, right. Thing. And, and so, yeah, I mean, that, those would be things because people, people need love. I think we get to a place where we're just, uh, our love has a limit, and that is not Christ-like. That is not Christ-like. Um, and so if we're going to reach the world for Christ, they have to see Christ in us. And so as you're, you're ministering, you're telling them things and you're showing them things and you're walking with them. You got to love them so much. And uh, you don't love them according to how faithful they are to church. You don't love them according to whatever. You just love them. And that uh, really makes a big difference. You believe in them. That's what love is, right? Believe, love believes all things. And so yeah, yeah. patience is a big one, too, though, because you have to. You it, loving it, loving somebody is also having patience with them. Sure, um, it's a big part of it. So I think patience is is huge because you the fruit will come, but you have to ask the Lord to uh, give you give you patience because you don't have much patience in and of yourself. <laughs> That's the truth. Yeah, Amen. So yeah. God gives you that patience, and God allows you to be in the Spirit and do as well. Amen. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that and. And I'm sure that there has been many, many other lessons that God's taught you that you could share. But uh, for for uh, for lack of time, that uh, we'll keep it to that. But and thank you for for coming on. And uh, this morning, it's been a blessing. It's it's encouraged me being able to to speak to you. And it's really cool, isn't isn't technology such a blessing? I mean, that we can get on here and and talk to each other from from miles and miles away. And uh, that's awesome. Well, thank you for the time. Uh, if, if you're listening, I hope that this was a blessing to you. I hope that you were encouraged by missionary Jonathan Anderson and um, the, the great uh, blessings that he's experienced through missions and through the transitions going from uh, the States down to Mexico and learning the language and getting involved and letting God lead. Um, God, God still speaks. God still leads his children. Um, and, and if we will just follow him, there's no greater blessing. Than, than following the Lord and being in his will. So I hope that you're blessed by this today. And um, again, thank you, uh, brother, for coming on. And it was a blessing to be able to talk to you. And, uh, and we'll, we'll have to have you on again and, and share more uh, about what God has taught you. Sounds great. Sounds great, Trey. All right. Awesome. Well, hey, you have a good day, brother. And guys, thanks for watching. We'll catch you next time on Moving Forward.